At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Sports Yak. One host knows sports. And who's right there? The other doesn't know sports, but somehow they meet in the middle. Corey Mann. Get your big butt out of here. And Indiana Sports Broadcast Hall of Famer. This one will be relived. Chuck Freebie. Forever. Do you like sports? Because we like sports. Let's talk about sports. It's Sports Yak. Sports Yak. It's Sports Yak. Live from a bunker in the heart of the Ozarks, a podcast that dances like a drunk Cheetah Rivera, it's Sif Welcome to Sif Pop Weekly, streaming live most weekends are available to download later in your podcast feed, unless of course you're a patron. Patrons get perks! Patrons get those perks! I produced Entourage. I'm your host, Aaron Dicer, and his past life was as a Viking podcast host. It's Andrew Ormsby, ladies and gentlemen. Skull. (laughs) Each week we'll chat about movies, TV, and whatever else from the pop culture universe is on our minds. And please welcome our guest this week. Having her on this week was our Swinito. It's low, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you. Thank you. Happy to be back. You may know her as the Curious Low. You may know her as Low Low. You may know her as Low. You may know her as many things, but you mostly know her as the amazing person that comes on and talks about uh, traumatic uh, mom movies with us every once in a while. It is. I was mentioning before the show that like I'm either here for traumatic mom movies or I'm here for Lin-Manuel Miranda movies that just so happen to be paired with movies about... Uh, immortal soldiers or like ah, immortal fighters. yes <laughs> nice nice way to put that together uh last time i don't know if it was last time you were on one of the last times no, you were last on. time i was on we talked about uh pieces of a woman and something else right he, yeah so it was else. an old guard but no, the time but before the that time was before hamilton that, and old guard <laughs> introduced low to her one of her favorite movies of all time uh does that love continue to this day Yep, I was yeah. just I was just being a, an annoying fan on Twitter the other day, bullying Netflix to give us information about the sequel. <laughs> <laughs> 
So there you go. Uh, Lo, it's great to have you back. Uh, thanks for hanging out with us today. Uh, we do not have any really traumatic mom movies uh, to talk about, but we do have some Lin-Manuel uh, in the Heights, obviously out in theaters and on HBO Max uh, that we will talk about. And then the Immortals movie that you're talking about is called Infinite, which I think is only available on Paramount+. Plus. Is that correct? That didn't even go to theaters. Yep. So that no. is available on Paramount+. Uh, Plus. So we'll be talking about both those today. Our best ever challenge this week is best ever in movies. Movies that begin with the letters I-N. Um, and there are quite a few of them, actually. So it'll be interesting uh, to get into those. I didn't even make it out of my top 50 Yeah. before I filled up my, my <laughs> list. I'm like, wow, apparently movies that start with N are amazing. Are awesome. That's right. Yeah, they're incredible. Uh, <laughs> we also will, of course, have some uh, some buried treasure uh, towards the end as well. I do want to let you know a couple things uh, before we head into our reviews today. Number one. Uh, Pop is on Letterbox. I think I've mentioned that uh, once before, but we uh, were yeah. offered a, um, I forget what they call them on, on Letterbox right now, uh, but they're kind of a version of pages. Like a premium. Yeah, yeah. And so uh, Pop is on Letterbox. So give that a follow. Um, you will see posts of all the articles from the website, our best ever challenges uh, in uh, list form show up there. A whole bunch of different stuff happens there. So if you are interested or already on Letterbox. Uh, go ahead and give Sif Pop a follow. I will say both. Uh, I think all three of us actually have Letterbox accounts uh, as well. So mine's, of course, yeah. Aaron Dicer. Uh, Andrew, do you remember your Letterbox uh, account? Uh, it might be Flick Freaks. Might be Low. What's yours? Mine's the Curious Low. Okay, so there you go. So if you want to follow uh, any of us on Letterbox, yep, Flick Freaks. I had no idea that Sif Pop had an account. I just followed it. Nice. <laughs> Very nice. It's kind of been fun. Yeah, they they emailed us and said they're still kind of doing the beta on whatever this new thing they're they're doing with like podcasts and, you know, mm-hmm. kind of having a more um official page kind of thing and cool. so we were like, sure. Yeah, we'll do that. So uh so yeah, check all that out at Letterbox if you want to. Uh let's get into the movies, guys. Let's talk a little bit about In the Heights. It's a story of a block that was disappearing. In a barrio called Washington Heights, the streets were made of music. I am Usnavian. You probably never heard my name. Reports of my fame are greatly exaggerated. Morning, Usnavi. Pan caliente, cafe con leche. On these blocks, you can't walk two steps without bumping into someone's big plan. I'm making moves, I'm making deals, but guess what? What? You still ain't got no skills. <laughs> in Washington Heights, New York, the scent of warm coffee hangs in the air just outside of the 181st Street subway shop, where a kaleidoscope of dreams rallies a vibrant and tight-knit community. At the intersection of it all is a likable and magnetic bodega owner who hopes, imagines, and sings about a better life. Uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda started writing this, I believe, in 1999. He is This is a, a project he, in some form or other, has been working on for two decades. Uh, it came to life first uh, as a play, I believe, and um, that was kind 2008-ish of... 2008-ish is when it when the play went to Broadway. I think. It went to Broadway, yeah. and that, of course, the yeah. success of that allowed him to kind of work with Hamilton and kind of get us to where we are. And so now they are bringing In the Heights to the big screen as well as HBO Max. 
Uh, Lin-Manuel, I think, on Broadway played uh, Usnavi, um, but it is now played by Anthony Ramos. Uh, you've also got, like, Stephanie Beatrice in there. Um, many, many others. Uh, Jimmy Smith. Jimmy Smith. Yeah, I wanted to make sure I mentioned Jimmy Smith. Um, I love Jimmy. And uh, so I'm curious what you guys thought. Did you like it, love it, dislike it, hate it, or it was just okay? Lo, you get to kick us off. You're the guest. What did you think? Love it. I, there was really, they were going to have to work real hard for me to hate it. So, <laughs> <laughs> Or even to love not it. like it. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, yeah. this is one of my favorite all-time musicals. I'm very familiar with it. So, of course, I had little petty things that are like, oh, they changed this from the musical. Oh, they cut this song. But, like, you know, that's... Casualties oh, of, see, of adapt, adaptation. So that is, it's great. It's great that you have that perspective. For I mean, I don't know about you, Andrew. I just know for myself, I have no familiarity with the. I did a None little, whatsoever. a little bit of research into some of that stuff. But you're very familiar with the original. Yes. And so you kind of have a little bit more of that insight. Um, so that'll be interesting to hear, Andrew. What about you? Like it, love it, dislike it, hate it, or it was just okay. You know me, I'm not a musical guy, yeah. so just keep that in mind whenever you hear my review. Um, I, I, I loved it. <laughs> Whoa! Yeah, I, I really did. Yeah, I really did. This was phenomenal. Um, nice. It's, it's Do the Right Thing, the musical. So Yeah, yeah. I mean, and Do the Right Thing itself has a, a little bit of a, a musical kind of vibe to it as well. But yeah, there, there really is... Yeah. Uh, you know, thematically a lot of parallels uh, to do the right thing and what's going on here, uh, for sure. Yeah. I'm in the loved it camp, Aaron? too. Yeah, I, I, absolu- yeah. I absolutely loved it. Very strong loved it. Um, I, first time ever, I think I tweeted this, first time ever I just fired something up again and watched it a second time uh, that had just mm. released. And uh, there are some reasons about that that we we can get into and, and talk about. But um, the main reason is I just loved it so much and i wanted to experience it again i wanted to experience those characters again i wanted to experience those songs again um yeah i, I thought that was, this was uh, absolutely beautiful since we all loved it usually we start with uh you know kind of who enjoys the product the most but we're all kind of way up there on the scale uh low since you kind of have the I'm, most i'm on the low side of loved it so oh, okay you guys yeah fair enough fair enough uh, but still i loved it i loved it you loved it coming from somebody yeah. who is self described not a musical person that is high praise yeah i think so i think so uh lo i'm gonna let you start since you have the most background uh with it tell tell some of the things you you really loved about it well i think that first of all this is a show much like we were already talking in the in the patreon uh pre-show about newsies but much like newsies this is a dancer's show i would say that this is a show that very specifically has a lot of dance breaks that are meant to showcase phenomenal dancing and have these moments of flipping and turning and all this stuff. Granted, I think that has a lot to do with the culture that is being represented in this movie, a culture I obviously, as my pasty self, am not super familiar with. So Mm -hmm. I think that that has something to do with it. But um, so I love that they didn't get rid of that um, because I think sometimes when stuff like this can get transferred to movie you know, dancing isn't everybody's cup of tea and musicals isn't everybody's cup of tea. So I think sometimes they shy away from that and go more into like, well, how can we create this instrumental moment where normally there would be a dance into, you know, a montage or or something else to like keep the audience interested. They didn't shy away from that. And I think that the director, um, gosh, the name is slipping my mind, John Chu, 
did a fantastic job of keeping it kinetic and vibrant and just showcasing amazing choreography and dancing. That was like absolutely my favorite part. And I am a dancer. So of course I like, I love dancing. That's going to be something that I go Mm -hmm. for. Um, I loved like pretty much everyone that they cast. I can't think of anybody that didn't do their job spectacularly. And I'm very familiar with the original cast. So comparing it to that and everybody just did fantastic i specifically will jump off of that and say that anthony uh is it ramos or ramos i think it's ramos isn't it i don't i don't know okay apologies if i get it wrong ramos and if we're wrong we're sorry yes apologies (laughs) um but i i think i just i don't he is incredible there is a (laughs) magnetism to his charisma that i just he's going to be in a bunch of stuff and it's all going to be awesome even if the movie he's in isn't awesome he's going to be awesome because he just he has that quality where you're just locked into him as a human being um and i think this is such a perfect role for him i think you know you just feel the warmth and his love um for his love for his idea of his heritage as well as where he is now uh as well as the people around him um i really 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 liked uh him in this movie so i wanted to give uh props to him before we went uh any further Anders, some thoughts from you yeah so what i i'm gonna do some parallels between this and do the right thing because i do think that they're so similar not just the new york theme Mm -hmm. but the thing that i find fascinating about those the these two properties is It's so foreign to me, and when I say that, I don't mean just ethnically, because Mm kind of like Losa, just super pasty white, (laughs) but I'm talking about growing up in the Ozarks, everything is so spread out and very secluded, Mm -hmm. so seeing a movie like this where the entire premise is to emphasize the tight-knit community element of like what it's like like everybody knows everybody everybody converses with everybody like Mm -hmm. your block is your family i find that to be so fascinating and interesting because it is so foreign to me so whenever i see something like in the heights or do the right thing where you see this it's like wow i'm getting a glimpse into a world that is technically you know it's just you know you could see it in in many places but for me, growing up in this area, it's just, it's so fascinating to see. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I'll, I'll go ahead and say this now since we're talking. You've both mentioned, obviously, this is not our ethnicity. Our ethnicity. Um, and one of the things I love about these movies is the ability to uh, put yourself in the shoes of others. And, you know, I just, I love it when a movie is so very specifically um, you know, built for a certain community. And even if I'm not in that community, I get to experience it. I do try when we do a movie like this, if we don't have, you know, somebody uh, on to kind of do some research about what other reviewers, writers uh, who are in that community are saying about the movie and kind of how they feel about it. And for the most part, there's a lot of love for it uh, in the community. The only thing that that I saw was a few people talking about the lack of representation of more of the Afro-Latina community. I saw that and, too. And the, that Hollywood has this idea when it is about the Latin community that it's the light-skinned Latin community as opposed to how many come from those islands and those mm-hmm. places that are darker-skinned. And so I found that interesting. I found that valuable. I think that's valuable to think about, valuable to talk about. And I just want to make sure I'm I'm doing my part to communicate things 
um, that I see when I kind of do that research uh, into into the movie. Um, and I will say again, for the most part, uh, lots of praise, but that was one thing that, that several people brought up. So I wanted to kind of bring that out as well. Um, yeah. another, another thing I want to talk about, and I think, uh, unless you guys are totally opposed, I think I want to do a sift spoil on this because there are some things I want to talk about that will spoil this movie, um, yeah. in, in the term that we think. So we will be doing a sift spoil on in the Heights. Um, but another positive I did want to mention was, uh, I'm going to say her name is Olga Meredith, uh, and she plays Abuela. Uh, oh, in... Abuela Claudia. Everybody needs Abuela Claudia in their life. Yeah, yeah. She's absolutely incredible in this. Uh, I think she is the heartbeat of the entire movie and um, yeah. absolutely uh, loved her. So I wanted to mention her as well. And Gregory Diaz, the the fourth who plays the... Is it is it brother or cousin? I think it's cousin. cousin. It's his um, cousin. Yeah, and he was so much fun. There's a Mark moment. Mark Antony's he, Yeah, the yeah. random cameo from Mark Antony. You know, really? <laughs> I, was, I was later like, oh, you got Mark Antony? Okay, I can't wait for this Mark Antony number to come on. No. <laughs> Not no, he's, he's great, though. He's great oh, yeah. in that scene. Yeah. He's really good. I was going to mention yeah. the the sunny moment in the in the pool is just, there's so much life in his part of, I think it's 96,000. 96G is one of my favorite it's songs so great. in the movie. It's so great. It might be, yeah. And one of the reasons, I'll say this now, since we're talking about 96,000, because it was primarily 96,000, I missed a lot watching that the first time. I missed a lot mm. of the lyrics. I was, you know, I've never seen this before. I've never heard this music before. Um, and so I watched, a uh, second time I watched with the captions on, um, because I really wanted to get a feel for the lyrics and what it was saying, what, you know, what was happening. And, um, and it el- even elevated this song even more, especially during moments like that rap and different things, to really yeah. hear some of the cool things that Lin-Manuel is doing with rhymes and phrases. And, um, you know, it's really interesting. You hear you hear the genesis of Hamilton in this, in this show in bits and pieces. You'll hear a, a chord progression and you'll be like, oh, that turned into like... You know, there's there's a really interesting thing that that, uh, you know, when somebody kind of has fingerprints on something and I could hear Lin-Manuel's fingerprints all over this thing. So um, that yeah. was pretty cool. Uh, any other gushing? Any other positives that we want to throw out there? Yeah. OK, I good. I throw out one. Um, it's very, very rare whenever I'm watching a movie by myself to make an audible noise excluding you know like laughing you know for comedy sure, and sure, stuff sure. like that yeah. but there is a moment in this movie that takes place it's a musical number obviously that takes place on a fire escape scaffolding that when it happened i audibly went oh wow <laughs> like by myself like when when a movie can do something like that it was pure magic for me i just it came out of nowhere and i just that might be my favorite part of the entire movie. Just, just the transition, seeing it, I was like, "Ooh!" Like I got goosebumps. I'm getting goosebumps thinking about it now. Nice. It's just so great. I loved it. Uh, it. It is great. It is great. It is really <laughs> cool. Uh, it is. It kind of points to probably my least favorite thing about the movie. Kind of my only real negative. Um, I wasn't bought into that pair. That's see this this it's. Mm. Benny and Nina in yeah. this in this movie have nothing like they're not given a lot to do. Like I I don't know what the resolution to a lot of well uh, Lo has stuff to say. Lo say stuff say well, stuff. You have stuff to say. Remember how I mentioned that there were some songs that were cut that I was quite yeah. upset about. Yeah. Basically, so Nina again as somebody who's not part of this culture, like 
Uh Nina is definitely the character that I relate to the most. Mm -hmm. She goes through a lot of things in this that are things that I've gone through as somebody who moved far away from my family and those feelings of being so separate from that and feeling like you don't have your community anymore. And And there's a weight on your shoulders. Exactly, yeah. yeah, I've I've gone through that. And I remember finding this musical like very soon after I moved and it crushing me because Nina's arc is like, it just spoke to me mm-hmm. so, so much into the feelings. And it, and it gave me an outlet to kind of be like, yeah, those are valid feelings to miss this, you know, part of your life. But it's okay. Like, there's a song that was in the movie called When You're Home that's like talking about how, well, you know, your home is kind of your safe place. And then you can go out and you can always come back. And like, that's beautiful. Mm-hmm. But there's a couple of songs that are cut. One of them is just Nina. It is only Nina. And the other one is another Nina and Benny song. And they also, they like, they basically completely changed their arc. Um, their arc, I don't like, I don't know if this is like getting too off the rails, but. Um, no, no, no. This is helping me because okay. I, I genuinely watched the movie and was like, I'm not sure I understand their role in the overall, you yeah, know, like, they, so, like, it, like it hinted at stuff that I never felt like it really paid off. Like they, so there's the whole thing with, uh, this is sort of spoiler. There's a moment where Benny loses his job. And in the musical, he blames Nina for it, um, which oh, you can hmm. kind of, as you've watched the musical, you can see why he sure. would, he would blame sure. Nina for that. And they have a rift in the middle of the song, Blackout. And they kind of, for some reason, moved that rift to uh, to um, Usnavi and Vanessa, which there wasn't really one there. They like gave them this random moment of like... Uh, tension yeah. that wasn't really yeah. it, like that wasn't there it's not like they gave them the same lyrics it's it's a different little bit but um so but there's you're a right there's a club there's the a club scene where yeah. like that that did actually feel a little bit forced when you really think about it that that was like a little bit of forced uh tension and that would be riff. the one moment too blackout would be the one moment where i would say that they really kind of nerfed the uh spectacle because that song is a lot longer in the show and they cut a lot of moments that were sort of building up to that the club song and then blackout, um, mm-hmm. making it more panicky. Um, and they, and uh, this is again, since it's not my culture, I don't know, like basically in the, in the show, there's like rioting that happens and like people breaking into businesses and stuff like that. And I can see them wanting to be like, you know what, we're bringing this show about like mostly Latin people. And there's already this kind of stereotype of them being, you know, violent and breaking in and like, oh, they're going to riot. I can understand wanting to take that out. So like, I, I get that. I'm not saying that it was necessarily the the, the worst decision in the world. Well, what, but... what I had what I had read was that they specifically and you, you know more because you've seen the original, yeah. but that they specifically uh, created more of a story about gentrification, like uh-huh. really focusing yes. on the gentrification yeah. as opposed to a lot of the other racial components that the story um, dug into in in the original. Um, and like so, yeah. Patrick Page, who plays uh, Pike, who was like the guy who owns the store next door. Mm-hmm. As far as yeah. I remember, it has been a hot second since I've actually watched the show. I've mostly listened to the to the. Um, Mm-hmm. to the soundtrack but that character like doesn't exist that like plot mm. of like half of the store being or right. half of the um right. cap company being sold off first like that's just like not a thing the stuff about the dreamers isn't a thing sunny is like much more of a background character he's there but he's more like graffiti pete if you even remember that character who was like there yeah, a couple sure. times he's more like that where he's just kind of like 
you know, he's there doing his thing, being sort of somebody for Usnavi to bounce stuff off of and have a second person there. But like all this, like a lot of the Sunny plot was new, um, which again, they were trying to go for something that was a little bit more modern. Mm-hmm. I mean, this show is over a decade old, so they were yeah, you know, modernizing it. it, which is great. But yeah, totally. in that, they, I think they lost some of Nina's stuff. And one of Nina's songs is actually a song that's all about um, Abuela Claudia after something kind of terrible happens. And it gives Abuela Claudia so much more character and you see even more how much she's the center of this community. Um, So I think that I just like for me, I miss it. And again, I understand how they were trying to do some different things. And, you know, the Broadway show still exists. The musical soundtrack still exists. So I'm not like super mad about it. Right. Well, you know, we've been talking this whole time about stuff that they cut, you know, from the Broadway to this. This is still a two and a half hour long movie. The sure, show you know. is only two hours. I don't know how they did that. They, because <laughs> like it doesn't seem like they added that much, and they cut a few songs and like shortened a few songs. So like That's, I don't I know. Didn't know that. That's interesting. <laughs> it's like longer than yeah. the Broadway show. Did it feel That's long funny, to you, Andrew? Actually. No, it okay. didn't. It didn't, and that's why whenever we we've been talking about, you know, how they cut this song and this song, and they've they adapted to where this character is more prominent than they initially were. I was I was looking. I'm like, well, what was the runtime? Because it didn't seem. But I was shocked because it. I guess just because I was so enamored and immersed in this movie that time really didn't affect me at all. But whenever I looked, I was like, oh wow, two and a half hours. Okay. Yeah. So I was wondering how long the actual Broadway was. So but that's interesting to know that it's actually shorter than the movie itself. Yeah. I think also one of the ways that they sort of and again I don't want to say padded because that has kind of like a negative connotation, but just you sure. know, they added some more expanded. context, yeah. expanded. Um Usnavi telling the story to the children on the beach is like mm-hmm. not a thing. Um, right. They kind of use that to replace some of the fourth wall breaks to the oh, audience. Oh, nice. Interesting. Um, so it makes sense for a movie. Um, I think that they yeah. could have gotten away with just having him sing to camera, but... You it's know, fun. it's it's really, amaz- I, it's really amazing that that's not part of the... I mean, it's not... It makes sense that it's not part of the Broadway show, but it is such a crucial part of the movie. Um, it's so it's the narrative element that ties everything together. Right. Yeah. In the movie it is. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Will, are we going into negatives yet? Or I mean, I, I, I already kind of did my yeah. negatives. <laughs> yeah, I've mentioned okay. my. Yeah, I didn't feel as invested in some of the side characters as I thought I was supposed to be. That's my only real negative. Yeah, I have a couple. Uh, one of them is that from the beginning of this movie, we're told that Washington Heights is this magical place made of music and everybody loves it and stuff like that. But there, I think that there's too much in this movie of people either trying to get out or people trying to, uh, you know, uh, reconcile with the fact that they feel like they're stuck there, you know? And I get that, you know, there's going to be an element to this movie, and this isn't spoilerish, but there's going to be an element where people realize, oh, maybe the thing that I was trying to run away from, you know, it's here all along. It's a cliche, you know? But I think that there was way too much of people, like, a negative connotation to this particular block or uh, borough that, you know, you're like, okay, but where's the magic? You know, for two and a half hours, people are dissing on this place that I'm supposed to be falling in love with. Uh, I forgot what the other negative well, I had was. I, I don't know, Andrew. I feel like that's kind of the point. I feel like that's no, exactly that's what, what saying, the like, movie is doing is saying, oh, this thing you 
you know all the negatives of. It's almost like a marriage, right? Like you you know all of your partner's yeah. negatives and you live with them or whatever, and then you realize, yeah, but I love this place. I love you know despite exactly, its yeah. faults. And it's, it's the cliche, but but you have to show me what I guess what I'm saying is. I, I understand the cliche of, you know, you hate something, but as soon as it's gone, you realize that you loved it. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's it's a trope. But what I'm saying is I don't think that the movie did enough to show me the things that were lovable about mm. it. Granted, I think that, you know, it's supposed to be the community as a whole and yeah. the people, you know. Yeah. But I don't know. Maybe it's a super nitpick for a movie that I love. Well, I will you know, tell you for me what it is, and it didn't, and it didn't lock for me till the actually until the big number that kind of goes into it. I think uh, Carnival. There's a number, a number Carnival called Carnival. Mario. That's where it locked for me um, yeah. because it was like it was this, it was just this real beautiful like. Not just are we a community in unity, we also have our separate individual or separate individual uh, identities as well. You know, like we're communities within a community uh, in many ways too. Um, so it really, it's for me, it locked in that it's the people, it's the community, it's the life we're living together. Um, you know, and you know, say its name so it doesn't disappear. You know, that that kind of thing. Yeah. So, but I get also, what you're saying. I get what you're saying. Yeah. Uh, we haven't really talked about something that I just thought was really funny just off the top of my head that uh, Stephanie Beatrice who we all know is Rosa Diaz from Brooklyn Nine-Nine is this happy bubbly giddy character in this movie and I'm like that's not the Rosa Diaz she got I know. to use her, her real co- voice when she yeah. talks yeah. in interviews she's like so bubbly and excited all the time yeah. she's so different than Rosa I love it I'm just waiting for her to pull out a Rambo knife and like threaten somebody with it but nope not this, not this, not this. A change uh, that I loved, although it was subtle, is that we got a little tiny bit of LGBT rep, which is not yeah. in the show, of Carla, Stephanie Beatrice's uh, character, and Daniela being a lesbian couple. And I was like, heck yes. Like, oh, it was, I didn't even notice that. It was pretty background. In the opening scene, they like wake up in the same bed and kind of like kiss each other as they're getting up. They also dance together a couple times, and there's like a mm. very background. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're fairly background it. characters, but... yeah. It's not it's not something the movie is putting like way out there as part yeah. of the themes or anything like that. It's just that that's who, you know, these people that's are. That's who they are. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh my one last thing is I love how much original language is in this movie and unsubtitled. I love how much Spanish is going on here. Um I believe it's it's Spanish uh at least for the most part. Um, you know, in the yeah. songs, it's so cool. Um, there's there's this moment in one of the songs where uh, Sonny and um, and the main character's name just slipped my Usnavi. mind, Anthony Usnavi. Usnavi. I can't believe I would forget that name. <laughs> Sonny and Us- Usnavi have this moment in the middle of the song where they're like segue, segue, and it's just it's just it's like the oh, Spanish yeah. word for segue, and basically just means like go on, like go on, go on. And it's just, it's so cool. And I'm just like, I want to use that word in my day-to-day life. And it's just like, I love that kind of stuff. There's an entire song uh, that's that's based on a Spanish phrase. Um, oh, what was it? But it basically means like, uh, don't tell me that. Or, oh, no me um, diga. Yeah, no me diga. Um, I just, I love that stuff. And it's not just in the songs. They're, the, you know, the characters themselves will speak Spanish interspersed with their English. And it just, it gave it this next level of authenticity and again the ability to put yourself in a world that you don't exist in for me 
Um, and yeah. I don't know. I really appreciated that. I, I love that kind of stuff. So I wanted to mention that. Yeah. Uh, when the sun goes down, which is the fire escape scaffolding song, 96,000. And, uh, whenever Benny Corey Hawkins does the, uh, the traffic report, those are like my three favorite musical numbers. Yeah. Of the yeah. whole movie. Uh, Lo, did you have anything else you want to say before we, uh, before we head on? Nah, I've talked enough. I loved it. I, you know, I have my nitpicks again because I'm very familiar with the musical. Right. But truly, I feel like this is a, an amazing adaptation. Yeah. And and yeah. I think a lot of us are we're all saving something for spoiler talk. Yes. yes. Yeah. I there do is, have some there things is, to really. talk about for spoilers. Yes. There is there is still some stuff to talk about in the Sif spoil, so we will get there. But for now, let's move on to Infinite. Devon Macaulay, diagnosed with schizophrenia at 14. After carving the words, look inside into your chest with a box cutter. Look inside. Why those words? For Evan McCauley, skills he has never learned and memories of places he has never visited haunt his daily life. Self-medicated and on the brink of a mental breakdown, Evan is sought by a secret group that called themselves the Old Guard. I mean, infinites, <laughs> revealing to him that his memories may be real, but they are from multiple past lives. Uh, this is Mark Wahlberg, uh, infinite movie that uh, Paramount loves so much they put it on streaming only. <laughs> Um, so, so I have faith. to be careful. I have to be careful because Disney is doing the same thing to Pixar movies. Like those aren't going to theaters either. So, uh, so yeah. So, uh, this is on Paramount Plus. Oh, you know what we did? Okay. Now listen, this rarely happens, but it's happening right now. I'm going back to In the Heights for just a second. Okay. There is a post credit scene. Just so you know, uh, oh. there is a post credit scene that is valuable and important, and uh, I, I really oh, enjoyed. Dang it! I didn't see it. <laughs> All right. On to infinite. Normally, on H- <laughs> normally, whenever on a HBO or like Netflix or anything, whenever there is a post credit scene, the the whole like a skip or up a, next, yeah, you know, up next thing, yeah, that but that popped up for me, so that's weird. Is it at the very end or is it like a mid credit scene? It's at the very end. We it's can talk about end. it in Sif spoil. Sif spoil, yeah, highly it's good, spoilery. I mean, it would yes, ruin the whole movie. Ruin the whole movie. It. Ruin the whole movie. <laughs> It's the whole not. movie uh, depends on this, uh, this scene. I think you're lying. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's talk about it. The Infinite is so good, we'd rather keep talking about it in the Heights. Uh, let's uh, go with like it, love it, dislike it, hate it, or it was just okay. Andrew, you get to start this time. I'm really close to hating it, but I'm just going to go with really didn't like it. Okay, low? Oh, I hated it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not scared. <laughs> Andrew, on the low side of didn't like it, is going to go first because I hated this movie too. Um. Okay, I want to I want to preface this then because I was kind of okay with this movie until like the last thirty minutes. Boy, does it get really dumb! <laughs> it gets so dumb in the last thirty minutes. It of really this movie does. That I'm like, I can't. This is so stupid. The last thirty minutes are atrociously bad. But I I was interested enough because, okay, so how long is this movie? Like an hour and a half? Uh, the first hour is pure exhibition, and then the last 30 minutes is just wasted garbage. Yeah, Ex- but, exposition, not exhibition, just, just in case you're expecting like I stripping. Did, that's or... two weeks in a row I've done that. That's two weeks in a row I've done that, exposition and exposition, yes, yeah. yeah. 
exhibition but uh no it's all exposition for like an hour like mm-hmm. you, they keep introducing yeah. new rules and new people mm-hmm. and i'm like when are you gonna t- show me the movie yeah and the thing is i know we're, we're not even doing pros because i don't even know if anybody has any <laughs> i have but, i have two um, things that i think were done well <laughs> yeah it wasn't mark Wahlberg's performance, it was not I'll tell you that. <laughs> no that guy can't act what Oh, I, I don't, don't think know. I've seen He's good some in things. Some stuff. Boogie He's... Nights. Boogie Nights is like it. But like, I haven't seen anything where he's not. He's Mark great Wahlberg. in comedies, though. I like him I in comedies. That. I think he's really funny. Um, but maybe that's just me. But yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's a premise that is so simple, yet they feel like they have to explain it to us over and over again for. An hour, mm-hmm. and they like, show I, us I get it. nothing. Yeah, nothing right. is shown. It's right. all it's told. All told. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In terrible like, ADR voiceover. I forget. I forget his name, but the whole O'Brien character, Dylan uh, O'Brien, he's Treadway. Yes. Yeah, Dylan O'Brien. Which, by the way, if you're gonna name a character, don't name him Heinrich. You know, <laughs> I mean, it's like one step away from naming your character Adolf. You know, you just don't do it. <laughs> You know, it's uh, this movie. It wanted to be old guard so bad. I'm gonna sidestep that because I'll just rant about all of the similarities <laughs> to old guard <laughs> yeah. and all the ways that old guard did it better. But I agree. I do have a pro. <laughs> all right, you have one pro. For What's this your movie. pro? Let's let's start. Let's be positive. I mean, yeah. a lot of people have put pros. a lot of hard work into this movie. You know, and That's we want to we want to respect that. Yeah, CGI is really bad in this movie. But, um, <laughs> uh, the one pro I have is there's a character in this movie uh, played by uh, Liz Carr. Her name is Garrick. Mm-hmm. And uh, she's the one who was in the chair. Mm-hmm. She has a scene with Chiwetel Ejiofor where they're going back and forth, you know, debating the ethicness or the... <laughs> I just made up a word, guys. Good job. Um, the... <laughs> But uh, but she has a line where she says, I'm not the crippled one. You're the crippled one. And it was just that back and forth between the two of them. I'm like, why can't the movie be more of this? Mm-hmm. You know, where it's more it's more of a philosophical conundrum as opposed to one character having a personal grudge that has this character, Chiwetel is Edgy of Four's character, has a quarrel with something that he is carrying around the quote-unquote cure to his problems with with him, but he's not <laughs> implementing it. Yeah, There are so many plot holes in this movie that it's laughably like bad. And that's even before you get to the last half hour. Uh, it's... <sighs> Yeah, it's bad. Lo, <laughs> say something. Say, say something good. Say okay, some good stuff. Say I some think good stuff. the sets were really good, um, and I know okay. that sounds like a cop out, but I think that there's quite a few sets that are like brilliantly dressed and like yes, very interesting beautiful. to look at. Um, I also think that for what I think this movie was trying to do, the fight choreography was good. It wasn't. It wasn't a Kingsman. It wasn't an old guard where they were like going for super heightened choreography most of the time. But the stuff that they had, I thought was fun. I could follow. You know, it wasn't like yeah. super shaky cam. Um, there's a fight scene that takes place in a plane that I was like, ooh, I love it. He's like slowly cutting away straps. It felt like a video game boss battle where you're like, you can see like there's like a visual representation of the progress in the fight, mm-hmm. which I liked. Uh, yeah, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> 
you know, I always give a couple points for concept. Uh, I do think there's True. a little bit of an interesting concept here uh, if it's handled differently. Um, yeah. And I, th- it, the, it's not just that they handle their concept wrong. They handle the word world building wrong. And I think if you build a different world around this concept, I think you could you could come away with with something very compelling and uh, and interesting. This is Antoine Fuqua. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. Yeah. What? I, I mean, if you would have told me this is Michael Bay or uh, Ewell Bowl, I would have got it. But this is <laughs> mm-hmm. Training Day and yeah. Magnificent Seven, which is a halfway decent Western. Yeah. I mean, the guy's done really good equal, uh, Southpaw. The guy's done really good stuff. This isn't him. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. you know, and and I will say it's it's I do think it is important to say I was kind of kidding and also kind of not when when all three of us really dislike something this much, um, I do think it is important to say there are lots of factors that go into why things fail, and oh, yeah. you know, like everybody could be looking around and going, "What happened?" You know, like it's. And, and I'm not saying there weren't signs. Um, you know, uh, Chris Evans was originally spars- supposed to be the Mark Wahlberg role, and uh, he st- he stepped out, and uh, Wahlberg replaced him. So maybe he maybe he, he had a premonition from a past life uh, that he was where he was <laughs> yeah. in a movie like this, uh, and and didn't didn't want that again. Uh, the only other positive I would throw out there is Jason Manzukis, who I think is having the most fun in the movie. Okay, and I'll, I'll give him um, that. <laughs> I was about to be like, do not say that he gave a good performance. It's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is his performance fits in a different kind of movie that this movie, I think, could have been and been a little more fun. Yeah, I can Um, see that. So I, you know, I I did want to single him out. I mean, it's not that far of a step up to be good (laughs) from this. Look, I'm trying. I'm just, I'm just trying, guys. I'm just trying. You did bring up something. You did bring up something. As somebody who's been on several major motion picture sets before, like in like production shooting and stuff, it is a miracle that any movie gets made. Total because miracle. Because you see hundreds and hundreds of people walking around, and that's not even in post, you know, like whenever you're doing editing or anything yeah. like that. Whenever you're just there on set and you see everybody trying to run around and do everything, it's a miracle any movie turns out as good as it does it you have to you have to have a well you know you know there's you know, a well-trained crew there's a bit of the buck stops here with the director i get that but not but every bad movie is not the fault complete fault of its director every bad performance is not the complete fault of the actor uh you know yeah. there are just so many people who determine what shows up on screen and this, in my opinion, and in the opinion of all of us, is a bad movie. But that doesn't mean yeah. anybody here was doing terrible work. It just means that the recipe did not come together. And um, yeah. were, there are probably many reasons for that. Many, many different <laughs> reasons for that. Ah, uh, yes. How much more do we want to trash this movie before we move on? <laughs> I mean... I want to say something. Yeah. Okay, do it. There's a... Sophie Cookson, who is the female uh, lead in this, or mm-hmm. female, like a the main female act- actress in this, she is just purely sexualized for a character that is not supposed to have a romantic relationship with your lead. Like They were standing nose to nose to, so yeah. many times. And I was like, is there going to be a weird, like, I kept thinking that there was going to be a bait and switch as to the identity of Mark Wahlberg's character because of how much I felt like they were yeah. playing up an attraction to each other. 
that's what I mean about the world build. Like there's just there's weird. so <laughs> many ways to take this concept and do some really interesting things with this. And this movie chose none of them. And yeah, yeah. You it, know, it is I just strange. thought of another positive. Um, okay. There is something that uh, was revealed quite late. It has to do with Dylan O'Brien's character. Um, it, there's like a single scene that he's in, and there's something that's revealed about that, like much later in the movie. I'm mm -hmm. trying not to spoil this movie that people are totally going to watch now that we, <laughs> we trashed will, it. We will not be doing a sift spoil, so free, feel free to, okay. to walk around it. The, you know, the, the, we see him um, uh, healing himself, you know, like uh, having a little moment of trying to like, oh, and it like yeah. sets something up. And I personally did not see that coming until the end. I felt very much like there was a setup and a payoff. There is another thing that has to do with Mark Wahlberg sustaining an, inner, an injury that there was a setup and a payoff of sort of like, hey, mm -hmm. we've set something up. And they were both things that, you know, this was trying to be like a blockbuster fun action movie. So it's not like I was like super paying attention and maybe some people sure. would have figured these out. But both of those things surprised me. And in a way that I was like, oh, yeah, they did set this up earlier and now they're paying it off. Maybe that was just me, but for it, for me, it worked. I'm reaching the, for positives here. No, 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 you're good. The only problem with that first thing is, is it makes no sense. Of course it doesn't. It makes this, no sense. movie makes How no sense. How in the world would they not know? In what universe that has this kind of technology, do they not know that first reveal? Do, somebody has to go back in time and tell them, oh, this is, come on. Like, it was just, this movie got so dumb at the end. Like, just like, please don't pay attention to anything but the flashing lights. Like, don't don't think about stuff because it's going to fall apart. There's a motorcycle jump in this movie, and that is the exact moment that this movie went from. <laughs> then it jumps uh, okay, the shark. I'm not really invested. Was there a in shark underneath just, the yeah. motorcycle? <laughs> to just utter garbage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, well, let's move on. We don't need to trash it too much. Again, that is infinite uh, any more than we have already. Uh, that is infinite on Paramount Plus. Uh, if you want to check it out, I don't know if that's on the free version or not, because uh, uh, I, I no. subscribe. So, OK, so that is on the subscription. Um, all right. Before we head into our best ever challenge, a reminder, if you would like to support what goes on here at Sif Pop, uh, we'd appreciate it. Keeps us going. Keeps the website going. Uh, we do a weekly uh, bonus podcast for our members uh, who give $5 a month or more, um, and you have your own little podcast feed. By the way, that podcast feed also doesn't have ads in it, um, so that's all yours at patreon.com slash sifpop. We also have a monthly family meeting where we do a just kind of a, a call together, a video conference together, and hang out and talk about whatever you want to talk about. You can check out what level that is at the Patreon and, uh, and check out all the stuff there. Again, that is patreon.com slash Pop. Thank you so much to our Sif Pop members who keep this podcast going. It's really humbling uh, to know that you throw a couple bucks our way every single month. Um, means a lot to us. So thank you for that. And again, if you're interested, patreon.com slash Pop. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. 
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. All right, we're moving on to the best ever challenge. This week, best ever in movies. Movies that start with the letters I-N. I did put a note in the email uh, that we are dismissing articles in this one. And what I mean by that is no articles included. So uh, The Incredibles does not count. Uh, That has a the in front. So because there are so many of these, uh, we didn't want to kind of give away uh too many of them so uh let's see has to start with the letters i and n we'll go from number five to number one if you have it higher feel free to trumpet low yes why don't you kick us off what's your number five my number five is 1994's interview with the vampire oh i didn't even have that in my honorable mentions it's uh i'm a in other words aaron hates <laughs> hate this movie. no oh, no I you know you it's one of those movies that like you either love it or you hate it so like fair enough no no, well, I sorry to contradict you, but I don't I don't have strong opinions on this movie. But okay. <laughs> um, but <laughs> what I was gonna say is uh, because there are so many great ones, I really didn't even go into one, like movies I like. Like everything, even in my yeah. honorable mentions, are movies I love. So same. Yeah. It's yeah. like this is all things I adore. Yeah. Um, so talk about the interview with the vampire. I mean, it's it's one of the most quintessential vampire stories in fiction. Um, certainly of, of at least the more modern vampires, like if you're getting away from Nosferatu and Dracula, Interview with a Vampire and the book series that it's based on. There have been multiple movies, some better than others, that have come out based on uh, the book series. And it's this one is, I think, so fantastic. And there's a lot of great acting in it. And it's it's compelling. It's, it's like... Uh, like juicy and interesting and and I love some of the ways that this changed a lot of things for vampire fiction moving forward from this point both the movie and the the books that they're based on um yeah I just think that overall it's just a really solid fun movie uh, if you if you aren't familiar with it, it starts Brad Pitt uh Tom Cruise Antonio Banderas a very young Kirsten Dunst being an adorable and absolutely deadly little vampire girl um <laughs> Yeah, just uh, it's it's a very interesting and unique look at vampires, I think. That might I seem mean, cliche in retrospect because so many things have kind of like been based or inspired by it. <laughs> most people probably just need Tom Cruise, Brad Pitt. You know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> you, you know what I mean? Like, did you know Tom Cruise and Brad Pitt did a movie starring together? <laughs> Here it is. Um, but, uh, but yeah, good call. Good call. I'll go next. Uh, my number five may get trumped. Probably will get trumped. Uh, I had inside man, uh, at number five. Um, 
I love this movie. It was my, fir- it was my first honorable mention. So uh, yeah, I, I, I mean, just it. the fact that I have this at number five should tell you, how, you know, how uh, full this category is because I love this movie. Um, it's this, the best heist movie ever. Uh, it it is. I'm not sure if I would say that, but I, it's definitely close for me. It's my favorite. I know you love Ocean's Eleven. I really do. But I think this is okay. It's the best practical heist movie. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's so supremely well executed. I think it is Spike Lee's best. It's, it's my favorite film of Spike Lee. I, I wouldn't say it's his best film. Um, you know, we already talked about um, do the right thing. do the right thing earlier, and I think that's a better movie than this uh, in in many regards. But this is my favorite uh, to watch, and I just I really enjoy it. Um, I think the performances in it are absolutely incredible. Denzel's at the top of his game. Um, yeah, this is this is really great stuff. So if by chance you haven't seen Inside Man, don't look anything up on it. Just go watch it, rent it, wherever. I don't even know if it's streaming, whatever, and uh, and just watch it because it's great. Uh, yeah, I don't know. But uh, yeah, I, I echo everything. None of my honorable mentions, I think like what Aaron said, made it out of my top 100 movies. Yeah. So yeah, Inside Man is supremely good. It is what I think is... I love Heat, guys. I think Heat is like is such a fun movie, but I think that this is a better heist movie than Heat. Yeah. I don't know if it's a better movie than Heat. Well, yeah. I think that Inside Man is a better movie than Heat, but it's close. If you, That's high praise. If you got your uh, Peacock free trial so that you could watch The Amazing Infinite, uh, apparently <laughs> Inside Man is also on uh, Peacock uh, Premium, so yeah. there you go. Yeah. Oh, wait. Wait, no, that was Paramount Plus. Never mind. The Inside Man is on uh, is on Peacock. So there you go. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Andrew, right. what do you got at your number five? So I'm going to go with a French movie called Intouchables. This is a spectacular movie. It's about a young uh, man who is a... Or an older gentleman who is a quadriplegic who is very wealthy. And he gets a new caretaker who is... Somebody who is a young black man who is so unfamiliar with the world that this uh, that this older gentleman is from, and like seeing how they learn from each other, like how they can, you know, take knowledge from like one coming from a very rough upbringing, and how that's made him stronger, and how you know one being you know paralyzed, and how that has made him stronger, you know, when they learn and they grow and you see what started off with a little bit of frustration and a hint of animosity blossoms into a beautiful friendship. The, uh, the score of this movie is just out of this world. It's so good. It's, uh, I forget the gentleman's name, but there's a song in this called Una Matina. Uh, and if I look it up, uh, uh, it's, uh, Ludovico, in Naudi is the uh, the name of the uh, the the score uh, gentleman. It's it's just a beautiful movie. I absolutely love it. This was uh, remade recently with uh, Kevin Hart and Kevin Hart, Brian and... Cranston, uh, yeah, I believe, which is not good. <laughs> <laughs> not as good as is this is is what I've yeah. heard. So I actually haven't watched. Have this. you seen? No, this you... is on my uh, oh. on my list of shame. So yeah, I obviously I highly recommend it. So. Yeah, very there nice. You go. 
All right, let's do our number fours. Lo, what do you got? Uh, my number four, I would be highly surprised if this is on any of your... It just doesn't strike me as the type of movie that you guys will be like, yeah, it's amazing, but In Bruges is my number four. Uh, it's one of my favorite movies of all time. Yeah, oh, I love really? In Bruges. Okay. Uh, yeah. It's yeah, another movie great. that like some people really don't like, so I'm always like wary about like talking about it because it's like... It's it's a movie. It's a very heavy... You have to know who you're recommending yes, this movie yeah. to. Yeah. Um, oh, for sure. If it's, you're... I mean, Martin McDonough went on to get more attention with Three Billboards, uh, yeah. and and but this is a better movie in my opinion. In fact, this is the only Martin McDonough movie I really enjoy. Um, I like all of his movies. Yeah, I like this Seven Psychopaths. Uh, I don't so. know if Pillow Man was ever adapted to a movie or not, but uh, yeah. I would like Pillow Man. Too. But you've got it on your list, though, so keep talking um, about it. Yeah, I mean, it's a uh, it's 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 like a a dark fantasy movie, but like still realistic somehow. It's uh there's there's a lot of talk about morality while still mm-hmm. having some kind of off the wall comedy moments that don't feel out of place um there's a lot the dialogue in this movie is just fantastic there's a lot of really mm-hmm. witty so back funny. and forths um between a lot of the main cast and it's it's a movie that has a lot of like setup and payoff that works really well and like the way that the movie ends is just spectacular and there's some stuff about like purgatory and like it just goes into some places that you don't expect from this movie that if you just watch the trailer you think well it's about some like hitmen that are hiding out after a job like that's what you think going in which is true Mm -hmm. but that's so barely scratching the surface colin farrell and brendan gleason are both absolutely remarkable in this movie ray Mm -hmm. fines there's a bunch of harry potter alums in this (laughs) (laughs) my parents actually last year went to bruges and saw everything Oh, that's yeah. fun. They saw the swan. Yeah, I like it as well. <laughs> um, yeah, In Bruges also streaming on Peacock. So oh, uh, if you want to check it out, um, you can go there. If you're somebody out there who says that Colin Farrell can't act, they need to watch this movie because the uh, the inner tur- turmoil that he goes through in this entire movie and just his entire character arc is mm-hmm. just... It's incredible how good he is in this movie. It's it's a movie that demands a lot from its lead actor, and he 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 delivers. I mean, if you're a person who says Colin Farrell can't act, I mean, there are several places I could uh, direct you to uh, to squash that view. But uh, but In Bruges is definitely one of them. Um, yeah, yeah, he's 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 pretty great. And funnily uh, enough, I only saw this movie for the first time about six months ago. And it very oh, quickly really? became some like one of my you know easily top one hundred movies. Nice, yeah. I get it. It's in yeah. mine, so yeah. Uh, my number four, a little bit of cheesy fun. This is where I have Independence Day. Uh, um, Trump. Oh, Ooh. very nice. <laughs> uh, Andrew, what do you got at number four? Uh, actually, remember I had Independence Day as a buried treasure because I rewatched it. Oh, like, nice. <laughs> Yeah, uh, my number four. This is where I have uh, Inglorious Bastards. Is this getting Trump by anybody? No, else? no, I have my honorable mentions. I've never seen it. Okay. Oh, oh. It's, it's on my list of shame. Do you like Tarantino? I do like Tarantino, but I am also like, it's definitely one of those movies that I feel like I have to be in the right mood to watch, and I've just never like been thinking about it and been in a mood that I've been like, yeah, I want to see this like high action. For, this is how I think of it like this high action but probably pretty bloody movie so i'm like you know i gotta be prepared yeah they're not wrong there's definitely scenes that i would say are extremely bloody but it's it's a movie that is 
and maybe Aaron would disagree with this, it's a movie that's very difficult to put into a singular category mm. because there are scenes of this movie that are just ridiculous and so funny. And then there's scenes, probably one of the most famous scenes of this movie is the scene in the, uh, the underground bar, which is like one of the most anxiety-inducing, tense, stressful scenes in cinema history. And then there's just scenes like the bear Jew, you know, which is like, like just hard to watch scenes. So it's a movie that is funny, exciting, anxiety inducing. It's difficult to just put in one category. Um, yeah, great performances. I, I think that this is just a, a brilliant movie. So I agree. And it's, it's kind of unlike a lot of Tarantino's like earlier movies too. Until uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, it was my favorite Tarantino. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah. but yeah, there you go. Yep. So, yep. Um, that is Number apparently three. not streaming anywhere. I, I meant to mention uh, The Untouchables is streaming on Netflix. Uh, if you want to check mm-hmm. out The Untouchables. That, uh, Wait, is the, it The Untouchables or Untouchables? I thought it was Untouchables. I think it is technically because... The Untouchables. But... Ah, well, then I broke my own rule. <laughs> I can bump up. I can bump up. <laughs> Inside been, Man. Yeah. Inside Man is now your number five. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I think technically it is the Untouchables. Uh, I wasn't yeah. going to say anything, and then I accidentally did. My bad. <laughs> um, all right. On to our number threes, correct? Lo, mm-hmm. what do you got yep. at your number three? I have my favorite Christopher Nolan movie, Inception. Going to be Trump. Trump. Right. Going to be Trump. <laughs> uh, my number three. Uh, also might be Trump. I don't know. My number three is Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Trump's. <laughs> Trump. <laughs> Wait, you said Last Crusade? Yeah. I did say Last Crusade. Yeah, yeah. okay, yeah, Trump. Because yeah. technically the first yeah. one is Raiders, so yeah. unless you had Temple of That's Doom true. higher than... Uh, or than Kingdom Last of Crusade. the Crystal Skull. Come on. Hey, hey, sorry. I'm not sure what that movie you're talking about is, but uh, we will have none of that. Uh, all yeah. right, then, Andrew, you're number three. Uh, this might get Trump to Interstellar. It's well, in my honorable not, mentions. On my honorable mentions as yeah. well. In my honorable mentions as well. I was actually going back and forth because, like, I'm redoing my top 100 movies of all time list. Like, I'm redoing the order, making sure everything's in its proper place. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if I think Interstellar is a better movie than Inception. Mm-hmm. I don't know. There are definitely scenes in Interstellar that hit me harder on an emotional, like, make me this ball mm-hmm. than anything in an inception. But I think as far as like execution of such a difficult concept to explain, I think the inception is just like, there will never be another movie like it. Yeah. You know, interstellar you have, you know, people going into outer space to try and save the world. I mean, that's not that extreme of a concept. Sorry, it's not that extreme of a concept, but the execution and the the relativity of time and stuff, that's really what sets Interstellar apart from other space movies. But I think Inception is, I think it might be a better movie. I'm talking about Inception a lot when I'm supposed to be talking about Interstellar. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, the score, Hans Zimmer's score in this movie is so grandiose i guess mm. I, I really can't think of any other word if you go and I, I recommend a lot of people after they watch the movie obviously go on youtube and watch uh the hans zimmer's uh the making of the score for this movie it's him going to 
uh, I think some chapel in a, it's either London or Germany, I can't remember where, but it, it has like the world's largest organ, Ooh. and that's what he used to do the uh, the score Fine. for this movie. That's fantastic. And apparently all Christopher Nolan told him whenever he was uh, making the score for this movie, he said, I want you to score a movie for me. It's about the love between a father and son. Mm-hmm. That's all he gave him. He didn't even yeah. tell him it was a space movie or anything, which is interesting because Interstellar isn't really the story of a father and son, it's a father and daughter, mm-hmm. yep. you know, which, yeah. Well, one of the things Whenever I love McConaughey about McConaughey is like watching the, the decades worth of messages, mm-hmm. it gets me every time. Yeah. 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 This movie's great. It's absolutely great. And I need to watch it again and it might jump up my... Uh, my list. It is in my top 200 of all time. Um, but you know, it's just like I said. Every, like I think I only had one movie in my honorable mentions that's not in my top 200 of all time. Like every movie in here is one that's on my best of all time list uh, yeah. that I'm talking yeah. about. So, and Interstellar is on that list because um, it's great. Yeah, it's absolutely. Great. And it's part of the right. Matt Damon number... random cameo universe. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. That's right. So number twos now? Time for our number twos. Low, what do you got? This is where I have Independence Day. All righty. I had it at number four. Low had it at number two. Uh, Before we go into that, I will mention uh, Interstellar is not streaming anywhere. Uh, You can rent it. Uh, Tell us about your love for Independence Day. Um, I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that I was a bit of a disaster movie junkie as a kid. And in my opinion, this is the quintessential disaster movie. I'm almost positive that I have put this on a past um, best ever challenge on this show. Like could be. I feel yeah, like be. I've Possible. talked about it's it before. A good movie. It's I watch yeah. it every year on the 4th of July. It's it yeah. is I think they always cite it as kind of like the first blockbuster or one of the first like summer blockbusters. Um well, well, yeah, but yeah. like they, it's they like talk about the grandiose. Yeah, like they, they yeah. always talk about it like that. And it just it like I've I've probably seen it every year, maybe even multiple times a year since 1996. Like it is just that important of a movie to me. I think it's it's over the top and fun and and a spectacular visual thing to watch. But then it doesn't slack on the emotion and the heart of the movie. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah. Oh, so good. I love it. It's this on my list. In- yeah. This came out in 96? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, I was 10 when it came out, and I remember the scene uh, where they're at Area 51, and the alien woke up and like attacked everybody, and there was smoke in the room. I was so scared, I was begging my dad <laughs> to leave. But he was like, no. My dad wasn't one of those like, oh, yeah, we can go, you know. He's a, he's a tough it up kind of a guy, you know, suck it up. But, uh, yeah. It's Bill so Pullman's good. uh Bill Pullman's Independence Day speech at the end is one of the best speeches of any movie ever. Mm-hmm. So I've told the story many times touring with a choir. Uh we were touring over Independence Day weekend and on Independence Day we got in the bus that morning and we're heading to the next place and I asked if I could say something to everybody on the intercom of the bus and I just gave the whole Independence Day speech <laughs> uh, on the bus before we took off for our next trip. How old were you? Uh, did somebody in the front row give you that yeah. overly yep, exaggerated salute? About of how course, old were you when you did this? This was college, Love so it. this would have you know, I would have been like twenty, probably. Love it. Nineteen or twenty. Um so so yeah. And the and, <laughs> and the, the, at that point the movie was like you know, three years old. So you know, it was like two or three years yeah. old at that point. Um, but yeah, uh, Will Smith, just mm. absolute 
charisma on the screen. Absolutely owns it. Goldblum is so Gold much Bloom, fun man. in this this movie. Um, it is just, I mean, it was over from the moment the White House blew up in the Super Bowl commercial. Like, it was just like everybody was going to see this movie, and yeah. everybody did, and it was so much fun. I kind of miss big-scale disaster movies. It's one of the reasons I, I kind of praise Greenland uh, from this past year. It kind of brought me back to that nostalgia for, you know, kind of those uh, bigger-budget disaster movies. So, um, but yeah, Independence Day is, is definitely worth talking about in this category. Yeah. Uh, let's see. So that's my number two then. Yes. Yep. This is where I have Inception. Am I still trumped? Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> All right, uh, Andrew. What do you have at number two? Well, this is probably going to get trumped. This is where I have Last Crusade. <laughs> yeah. Aren't we having fun? We all have like the same movies, just in different order. <laughs> no, I'm the only yeah. one with a unique number one. Not that it's a surprise, yeah, and not that everybody can't guess it. But yeah. But yes. All right, Lo, tell but us uh, tell us about Last Crusade. We're going to talk about it right now. Yeah. Uh, Indiana Jones yeah. and the Last Crusade came out the year I was born. Uh, I've It's been just one of the movies that I've grown up watching. I, I'm obviously a huge fan of Harrison Ford. I'm also a very big fan of Sean Connery. I've been a big 007 fan my whole life, so there's that whole history there. And I like to me it is the indisputable best Indiana Jones movie. It's one of the best adventure movies of all time. It's it's like it's it's a perfect movie to me. I like can't find negatives with it. Yeah. I don't have much to add. I kind of agree <laughs> with everything you just said. Um, you know, I think it's telling that we all had it on our list. Um, you know, I had it at yeah. number 3, Andrew had it at number 2, and you had it at number 1. Um, it is is it all of our favorite Indiana Jones movies? Um, oh, yeah. We all like yeah. it more than Raiders. Mm-hmm. I know that to some people is controversial, but um, I think it's the, I think it's just a more fun movie. I could just watch it over and over and over again. Um, it's just a lot of fun. Here's here's why I like Last Crusade the most, and it has to do with Sean Connery. It's because with the first two Indiana Jones movies, we see Harrison Ford's character as this larger-than-life, untouchable, you know, hero. But in Last Crusade, when you're dealing with his father who continuously calls him Junior and points out the flaws in his life and his shortcomings, it humanizes Indy on a level to that adds somehow dread that, okay, this guy that I've been watching for these past two movies is human, so he could fail. And that's really what makes Last Crusade stand out the most. And, of course, you know, the ending of this movie with all the trials to get to the oh. Holy Grail is just... It's great. I can't think of... It's it's the best. I, I would say yeah. that it gives the, the feeling that the opening of Raiders gives with all of those classic, the ball rolling, mm-hmm. the darts, and all that yeah. sort of stuff. Yeah. yeah, But you get the addition of it actually being the climax to the movie, so you've got a lot more mm-hmm. emotion behind it. Also, I think yeah. uh, for me personally, because I grew up quite religious, um, I always loved the fact that it was taking a lot of this like religious iconography and like working it into the different uh, like the traps and stuff, like the kneel before God mm-hmm. and all that sort of stuff. And obviously, that is in Raiders, but I just think that it's better, like more like weaved into the whole story in this yeah. movie than it is in Raiders. So I just yeah, it, like that always captured me as well. Well, with with Raiders and the Holy Grail, the Grail is more of something like it's in an, in and of mm. itself, whereas the search for the Holy Grail, 
I mean, the the Ten Commandments and Raiders is what I meant. You know, the the commandments and the Ark is in and of itself an item, you know, and everybody wants the item. I think in the Holy Grail, it that the search for the Holy Grail made it not only a search for an item, but a search for within yourself. Mm. You know, you're finding, you know, the kneel before God, you know, the leap of faith. You know, they're they're not only testing, you know, your what you're willing to go to to find the Grail, but it's also testing what you know and believe about yourself. It's a, it's, they're all test of the self. Yeah. So. Yep. Uh, it's an okay movie. I guess I could good. It. It's so it's good. And it's such a, the themes are so consistent. The father, son, so you talk about father, son movie, like, you, you know, the themes of becoming, um, you know, and passing on things for generations and, you know, wanting better things for your kids and even right down to how it ends with, you know, Basically, they both have to teach each other the same lesson uh, at the end, which is, you know, it's just, it's really beautiful. Uh, What a great movie. What a great movie. Um, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. What is this elusive number one movie? Well, I will (laughs) say, none of us are able to guess. (laughs) I will say before we get there, uh, Last Crusade is streaming on Paramount Plus. uh, Oh, nice. if, If you want to check that out. Uh, all right. Yes, fine. Uh, my number one is Infinite, the movie we watched this week. Um, <laughs> yeah. No, it is I not. It. it is Inside Out. Um, it's in my honorable mentions. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> I love this movie. Uh, I don't know that I need to talk about it a ton. I've talked about it plenty. Um, I just think it's such a beautiful exploration of our, our own inner conflict, our own uh, ability to understand emotion, how it plays a role in our lives, um, you know, seen through the eyes of, you know, this girl who has to move away from her hometown and how she processes those emotions. I can't believe this is a family movie. Like, I just, I can't believe what they pulled off with this movie. Um this was uh, when they sat around and had the infamous Pixar lunch where they sketched out uh, the ideas. The for unmakeable the, movie. Yeah, where they sketched out the ideas for the first four Pixar movies. This one was one that was mentioned and they said, it's, I'm sorry, it just can't be made. And eventually Pete Doctor was like, yeah, but maybe I can make it. And he did. <laughs> and it's amazing. Uh, so yeah, Inside Out, one of my favorites. So there you go. Nice. And that you may guess, is streaming on Disney+. Plus. Uh, what? All right. <laughs> let's talk about it, Andrew. What's your number one? Inception. Ooh. Andrew has it at number one. I have it at number two. Low. I had it at number you had it four? four, I think. Three. 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 All right. So, I, I actually, uh, Last Crusade and Inception tied with points for us. So yeah, those are three, both two, ones. Yeah. our top movies. So, um, The interesting thing I... I I talked a little bit about Inception when we were talking about Interstellar. But uh, I think the interesting thing about Inception is while it is a movie that begs to be, begs the audience to be fully immersed and fully focused on it, you know, it's not like a really a background watch movie. It somehow does pull off that uh, kind of just. I've had friends who aren't really like into movies that you really have to focus on and they still like inception for the simple fact that some of the set pieces and some of the action sequences are so amazing and fun to look at. The Joseph Gordon-Levitt rotating hallway scene is like one of the best action scenes in cinema history, but it's, it's scenes like those that make this movie, you know, they turn it up to 11 because 
or the the Penrose step is what one of my favorite things in the whole movie too. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a movie that kind of does what Infinite tried to do. Cuz if you think about it in <laughs> Infinite this awful Marky Mark movie, the first hour of this movie is all exposition. <laughs> where if you think about Inception, so is it it's the same thing. A lot of this movie is explaining you know, what is going on. But not only are they explaining it, Inception shows you. You know, like, they'll talk about it, and but then at the same time, they're they're saying it, but they're showing you. Like, whenever, uh, uh, I forget what Ellen Page's uh, new name, Elliot? Yes. I think Elliot, yes. Elliot Page, yeah, yeah. Whenever Elliot and Leonardo DiCaprio are sitting at the, uh, at the little coffee shop, and they're like, how did we get here? Mm-hmm. And she's like, wait, are we dreaming? You know, it's it's moments like that where they were explaining it, but they're also showing you. And then she folds the entire city in half, you know, where they're showing you the limitless, limitless possibilities of what is, you know, capable. I would have been, I would have killed to see, just sit there and see how the Nolan brothers came up with the idea for this movie. Because it's so far out there. That it just, like, you had to have spent so long planning this out to where it would even make sense. Yeah. And that's kind of where, uh, what's their newest movie? uh, Oh, uh, um, 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 it was one of my favorite movies last year, Tenet. Tenet, (laughs) Tenet. Yeah, that's where I think Tenet falls short is because even, like, after multiple viewings... The movie can still be a little bit confusing as to the rules of this world and how they function. Whereas Inception, you can watch it the first time and have a pretty good idea, even with it being a high bar level of focus and understanding for the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's kudos right there. Yeah, I, I've loved Inception since the first time I watched it. Um, it is brilliant filmmaking. Uh, and then... I read an article about uh, an Inception theory um, that uh, just absolutely changed my watching the movie. And I watched it again and I was like, oh, this movie is even better than I thought. Um, Because whether or not that theory (laughs) is correct, the fact that there are multiple interpretations of what's going on here and yet it still makes sense, like you say. And when I say makes yeah. sense, I mean in a broad level makes sense. Um, although I, yeah. I think, you know, on a You can small, follow the story. Or, yeah, or yeah, it. absolutely. And you, the rules. The rules make sense. You understand what the rules are. Um, whether or not you have a reliable narrator, that's a that's a different, you know, uh, different story. But they but, tell you in the beginning of the movie that it's an unreliable narrator. You right. know, you, you know from the very get-go, you don't know if you can trust what Cobb sees. Right. Um, was the, uh, the article you read of the, uh, the wedding ring? <laughs> no, 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 It's yeah. not, it's not the wedding ring thing. It's, it's the idea that I think, I mean, it's not spoiling the movie cause it's just a theory. Um, yeah. but the, I, the idea, and also it's an older movie. So we, we have a little more grace with, with those kind of things. Um, if you yeah. haven't seen inception, see it, feel free to fast forward a little bit if you want, but, um, this isn't too, <laughs> too much. Uh, the idea that Cobb is dreaming the whole movie, that we're one layer into yeah. dreams for the entire movie, and the, that the way that correct. whole... That Mal's correct. Yeah. Yes, and that Mal is really trying to save him, and he's the one in the wrong here, um, is mind-blowing when you watch it with that in mind, because it works. Uh, it absolutely works. And yeah. there's a moment where he's talking to his dad in the classroom, and you can almost feel 
that his his it is his dad, right? I I don't, didn't want to get that wrong. It's it's been a hot second, but um, uh, is it his? It's either yeah, his I dad or hers. Ever... It's got to be his, right? Yeah. Um. Yeah. I. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if somebody's fine, parent, somebody maybe an wrong. uncle. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, you know the scene I'm talking yeah. about, and you can just feel it in the way he's saying certain things to Cobb that he mm-hmm. wants him, like he's trying to communicate. But they've they've been trying for oh, he's so like, come long. Come back to come yeah. back to reality. Yeah. Come back to us. Come back to us. Yeah. You know, like, and it's just like, man, how interesting that that Noel, if that's true, if that was Nolan's intention, that he would be so dedicated to just letting that be in there and never bringing attention to it. And because he's very famously said, yes, the the movie has an answer. This movie is about something, but I'm not here to tell you, you know, what it's about. And so, yeah. man, I just, I, that's just so much respect for, you know, a storyteller that, that does that. Yeah. So, yeah. Cause I remember whenever I first brought up the wedding ring, uh, uh, theory uh-huh, yeah. and Chris from Cinema Sins jumped on. He's like, "No, no, no, no!" <laughs> yeah, yeah. I always thought that was funny because once he explained to me, it was like, "Oh, yeah, that's obviously wrong. That theory yeah. holds no weight at all." Yeah, but uh, uh Lo, did you, you have know. anything you wanted to say about? Oh, it? I mean, I could just gush about this movie forever. I think that it yeah. has a spectacular script. Uh, like, like it is the antithesis of. Uh, infinite like it we've already mentioned it but it really does do all of the things that infinite like infinite has a great idea it has a great like foundation there if they had just i don't know spent a little bit more time with the script had a better writer i don't you know maybe the direction had it fall apart you know as we were saying we don't know but i feel like inception had everything go right like this is the when a movie is like yes everybody gave 110 percent and it and it turned out perfectly it's so good uh yeah so michael kane i think is who i'm talking mm-hmm. about right it's the scene with with michael kane yeah. and he plays um miles uh, yeah so i is that a parent of somebody or did i make that i'm up? pretty sure know. that it is well he keeps calling him grandpa yeah. he mm-hmm. keeps calling it like as referring to the kids like the grand uh, refer to him as grandpa. So yeah. Lowe's right. It's either his dad or Ma's dad. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there you go. Uh, let's do honorable mentions. Um, I can go yeah. first. I've just got a couple. Uh, Incredibles two. I really, really like. Um, wanted to mention that one. Um, Into the Woods is a lot of fun. Uh, In the Line of Fire um, with Clint Eastwood is one of my favorite kind of uh, old school movies. And then most recently, in and of itself, uh, the special um, that uh, came out last year, uh, the Derek Delgadio special, um, is is also really really awesome. Don't know that one. Into the Wild, Ooh. yeah. That's one we got to mention. Mm-hmm. Good choice. Uh, that is just a gorgeous movie. It's a gorgeous movie, and it's a harrowing. Like the more you realize, oh wait, this is a true story. That just makes it that much more fascinating and sad. You know. Yeah. Lo, did you have any honorable um, mentions you wanted to throw out there? I had three. Two of them were already on our list, Interstellar and Inside Out. Um, but the other one is less of the fact that it's called Inside. It's not the Bo Burnham special. <laughs> um, <laughs> partly because that's called Bo Burnham Inside. Um, correct, correct. <laughs> but uh, it's it's with Emmy Rossum, and it is a, like, experimental... It's there is a movie cut. You can watch it as a movie, but I actually participated in it live. It was about like a uh, 
it was like on Facebook and it was about this girl who got kidnapped and she was like locked in a room and she had, this is played by Emmy Rossum, and she had like a webcam and could like talk to people on Facebook and like it was this live kind of like, uh, what is it called? Like ARG sort of like thing where you're you're like participating in it and like people oh interesting yeah and like people were like figuring out where she was it and like i would like so part of it is that i participated in it live and i was like following the the like clues that we were given and how we were trying to figure out where she was and like how to like get the police to her and like all that sort of stuff and there were like fake facebook accounts for all of her friends and like all this stuff and like admittedly it's not as like a movie cut. It's not amazing as a movie cut, but like that experience of being able to experience it live is like something that I look back on very sure. fondly. So I always think about it a lot. But <laughs> oh, nice, good call, good call. Uh, all right, let's move on to our buried treasure Ooh. for the week. Uh, Andrew, why don't you kick us off? What's your buried treasure? Uh, it's actually been out for a little bit now, but uh, season two of Love, Death, and Robots. Yeah. Um. I will say I like season one a lot more than season two. Agree, agree. But there were a couple uh, shorts in this that I thought were really fascinating, particularly um, the, I forget the the actual name of it, but it was the one with uh, no newborn children. I think that was my favorite one. And uh, the the discovery of immortality and... Therefore, children don't don't need to be born anymore. I thought that was a fascinating one. Also, uh, I think the first one's fun. Mm-hmm. You know, the first one with the uh, the, the devil <laughs> Roomba. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, uh, none of them. I'm, I'm I feel like I'm nagging on my <laughs> my very <laughs> treasure, but I do think that the the whole premise of Love, Death, and Robots is fascinating. It's an animated version. And maybe a more ridiculous uh, Black Mirror. Mm-hmm. I guess that's the best. There's also a higher level of sci-fi attached mm-hmm. to it. Yeah. But there's also enough within these stories that are accessible that you can understand or, you know, un- easily pick out the, uh, if not the uh, the bare front message, at least the metaphorical message that, that it's trying to get across. Yeah, the one I found most affecting was the Drowned Giant. Um, uh, and that, that one I thought which that, I think it's, it was the last one one. with the whales. Yeah. No, it's the, I like that. It's the, I mean, it's the one with the giant that washes up the giant human that washes up on shore. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. I was, for some reason I was thinking of the second one where they're like running across the ice. The one you were talking about is called pop squad. Uh, and then uh, automated customer service was the first one that you were, you were mentioning. The other one I really liked was all (laughs) through the house. I just thought it was, it was really cute and clever that's kind of the christmas one where oh yeah 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 yeah. um but the thing (laughs) i always come away from these thinking about is technology and just how incredible some of this stuff is um you know the uh life hutch which was the one that had michael b jordan in it um somehow didn't have michael b jordan in it but had michael b jordan in it i like it's just like technology (laughs) We're we're almost there. Like the we almost have the uncanny, uncanny valley valleys. in our rearview mirror, and it's going it, to say it's going to change things is such an understatement because you will. I mean, let's just let's just keep it in the world of entertainment. But if you go beyond the world of entertainment, um, our world is about to change in some pretty scary ways. Uh, Would you say that the changes could be 
Infinite. <laughs> I was thinking today, sorry, I always end up getting too deep, but I was thinking today that we may be the last generation to have been privileged enough to have lived completely in the era of truth and the idea of knowing something um, and having it uh, backed up. Um, you know, because there is, there is this idea that we will, we just won't know what's what the, the idea of proving something via video or sound or any, it's just going to be gone within the next couple decades. Yeah. And it's just, man, we are going to miss that foundation. And we're going to have to figure out ways to exist without it. Um, sorry to get too deep and philosophical on you. That's just what I do. <laughs> Anyhow. On an but entertainment hey, you know level, whenever it's going to change things. A show like, <laughs> whenever you're watching a show like Black Mirror or Love, Death, and mm-hmm. Robots, these are the thoughts that, you know, mm-hmm. come to come to your mind. Yeah. So, well, and yeah. in this case, it's about just the technology and the ability uh, for them to do the things they're doing here. So, yeah, it's pretty incredible yeah. stuff. Uh, all it's right. I'm, I'm going to blow Andrew's mind. Uh, my buried treasure is the good, the bad, and the ugly. Uh, Dang it. Oh, I, I was going to. Okay. Here's the thing. What's happening? Here's the thing. I saw singing in the rain. Did you? And really? I was going to. I was I was waiting because I was like the week that Aaron uh, does the good the bad and the ugly I was gonna come in and swoop in and say oh I saw the singing in the rain so <laughs> nice nice uh, so I'll do it next week all right all right fair <laughs> enough I can't wait to hear what you have to say uh, okay Aaron this movie is terrible just kidding just <laughs> kidding uh, this movie is amazing. Um, I really did enjoy it. Now, I'm not a, a Western person. By the way, in case you aren't familiar yeah. with what Andrew and I are talking about, neither of us had seen each other's number one favorite movie of all time. Um, so he hadn't seen Singing in the Rain. I hadn't seen The Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. Um, I finally kind of, I'm kind of working my way through some classics that I haven't seen. And I finally got up to 66, 67, whenever this 67 came out. 67 is when this one came out. Um, and, uh, and so I watched it and as somebody who's not generally a Western fan and many of the Westerns I've been watching, I haven't, uh, liked, um, man, I, I don't know how you don't like this. I, Clint Eastwood is just so good in this role and the final scene is so amazing. Like there are moments getting up to that final scene where maybe I was a little bit not bored. I was never bored, but maybe I was just like a little bit okay. Let's let's move this along, like for a split it's second. It's a long or so. movie. It is a long it's movie. It's a long. But once you get to that final scene and you start to understand, you know, the payoffs and how it's going to happen, and um, there's an entire movie that happens in the last you know half hour of this movie. <laughs> there's probably three entire movies that happen in the last uh, half hour of this. Uh, this movie yeah. it is it's brilliant it's really brilliant it's really well done so yeah i really really liked it nice. so there you go oh man i was gonna send <laughs> phil i was i was this week uh i was gonna send phil a message saying hey let me know whenever aaron does the good because i knew you would do it i knew you would do it I'm like if aaron ever has the good the bad and the ugly as his uh bear treasure let me know so i can do singing in the ring that's amazing <laughs> that's i'll amazing. do it next week <laughs> uh, Lo, you're our guest, so you get to finish. What's your buried treasure? My buried treasure, uh, thinking about musicals, since we talked about it in the pre-show, and obviously we had In the Heights, um, mm-hmm. is uh, Hades Town, which I believe premiered on Broadway in 2019. Um, I'm more just talking about the uh, the soundtrack, because that's like accessible to everybody, but it is. it was mm-hmm. supposed to start going on tour before COVID, 
We'll see, you know, if I think it might have already announced yeah. that it's going back on tour, but I know it's coming back to Broadway. Um, if you are unfamiliar, um, it is always the show that I recommend to people when they tell me that they love Hamilton and they've never been a musical fan and they are looking for something that is maybe similar, but not exactly the same. Um, Hades Town is also a sung through musical. So if you listen to this, you're getting the entire story, um, just like with with Hamilton. Um, except instead of being about history, it is about Greek mythology. It tells the story of Orpheus and Eurydice, which, if you're familiar, it is the walking out of hell and not looking back story. Um, and then also the story of Hades and Persephone, who Persephone, again, if you're sort of familiar, is the character in Greek mythology that would go back and forth between the like the real world and, and the underworld. And that's where we get the seasons of it would be winter when she was gone, because I think she was a goddess of like, spring i want to say um the interesting thing about this musical is that it is told in jazz and like and like uh Mm. yeah and the the aesthetic of it is that they they set it in this kind of like like i i would say like an oil town of like of like um almost like prohibition era this sort of like Louisiana f- vibes coming in there. There's definitely some, some like uh, New Orleans, New Orleans influence on the music. Um, it's a very funky, like it, it's not a hip hop musical. So, you know, you're moving into something different, but it is yeah. different than your stereotypical, like musical Broadway musical. So there's, it's, it is amazing. It makes me cry. It's, uh, but yeah, I think it's a really great one to listen to if you're familiar with Hamilton because you can get the entire story without having to actually watch it if you are somebody who likes to do that. There you go. You know what it sounds like to me? It sounds kind of like uh, O Brother War Art. Very much. Because O Brother War yeah. is based on Greek, the Odyssey, um, which is set, you know, during the Great Depression. But this is like a, a New Orleans as opposed to a Kentucky. Mm-hmm. I would. Did you say you can like see it somewhere um, streamed? I was or? mostly talking about this. There are again. I feel like every time I talk about musicals, you can find bootlegs. It is also coming on tour. <laughs> um, I I was so excited before COVID. I was going to see it. We were going to get tickets, and then everything shut down. So hopefully, when it starts touring again, <sighs> be able to actually see it. But I I have seen it. Hint hint. You know, nudge, nudge, Blur, a blurry <laughs> wink, wink, nudge, version nudge. of it. Cinemal, um, cinemal. But uh, the difference here is that it is, um, unlike with Our Brother, Where Art Thou, this is not a like, uh, oh, we're, we're like, you know, this is all real world. It's not real world. They are still gods. They are still going to hell. Um, okay. It just takes place in this kind of modern, well, modern, modern comparatively, <laughs> more modern world sure, than, yeah. than you would think they're referred to as gods as opposed to yes king, yeah they are definitely you know, gods and men yeah. and going to hell and all that sort of stuff but there's a lot of really great um like political commentary there's a song called why we build the wall because in this the river sticks is a wall as opposed to like oh, a river it's like a wall that's made out of stones um and like that song was like uh like a lot of people talked about it like uh, in 2019 as being like one of the best songs to come out of Broadway. And like, there's just wait for me. If you're looking to get a taste of the feel, you can look up their Tony performance. Um, they, they won a million Tonys. They won, they, they like swept everything that they were nominated for. Or maybe not swept, but they did really good. They like, they won best musical and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, 
But uh, their Tony performance of the song Wait For Me is fantastic. I really can't recommend it enough if you're somebody who's not a huge musical fan, but you kind of like some of the more like off-the-beaten-path musicals. It's absolutely one that I recommend. Nice. That's Hades I'm definitely going to look it up. Hades Town. It sounds I'm, fascinating. I'm so ready for Broadway to be Me back. Too. I don't even live in New York City, and I'm ready for Broadway I just want the touring to shows back. to come, because I'm in, I'm in Orange right. County. Everything comes here. Lucky that way. <laughs> That's right. There you go. Uh, we did it, guys. We did a podcast. Woo! Congratulations to all of us. We have succeeded in our goals. Uh, thank you so much for joining us today. Sif Pop, it is part of the Studio DNA Podcast Network. If you want to find out about other shows on the network, you can go to studiodna.media, or you can search Studio DNA in your podcast player. Huge thanks to Andrew for hanging out again today. Thank you, buddy. Big thanks to uh, Phil for producing the audio and video show. Uh, thanks to... That almost sounds like a car horn. Or Roadrunner, maybe. Uh, thanks to Drew for putting together the visuals for the week. Big clap. And thank you to our guest this week. It is Woo! Mo. Thank, thank you, you for, for being here. Thank you for having me. A blast as always. Uh, what do you want to promote? Where do you want to send people? What do you, you want to know, tell people? I'm mostly always just hanging out on Twitter at the Curious Low, ranting about musicals. I er, musicals, movies. Uh, you'll see a lot of um, see a lot of Star Wars from me over there. See a lot of mm-hmm, tweets mm-hmm. about how miserable I am in pregnancy currently. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> That's been yes. my life. <laughs> Possibly a little bit. A little bit of Jonas Brothers Every thrown in there. Every once in a while, they sneak in, yeah. <laughs> uh, yes, please follow uh, Low on Twitter, at the curious Uh Much love and gratitude to our Sif Pop members as well for making Sif Pop a real thing. Support starts at 3 bucks a month, and you can check out the different levels and how to get access to all the bonus episodes, as well as many other fun perks, at patreon.com slash Pop. If you want to connect with the podcast, you can do that by helping us out through a comment, a rating, or a review. Um, wherever you listen to the podcast, that would be helpful. Uh, you can also email us, feedback at sifpop.com if you have any questions or comments. And finally, if you're having a good time, your movie-loving friends will probably like it too. So let them know about it and that listening is much easier than deflecting a bullet with a steel plate in your skull. Uh, we will be back next week with Luca and the Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard. Uh, Going to be uh, an interesting week next week. <laughs> and we will see you then. Bye. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match, with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. 